Where do we get the terminology we use as locksmiths when communicating with others in the industry? How do we speak customer and then translate it to actual terms? And what could happen when we don't use the proper words to describe things to others in the trade? I'm Tyler J. Thomas, along with Jeff Moss and Tim Coleman. This is The Three Tumblers. To some folks, it may seem like there's just an arbitrary collection of terms that gets passed on to those lower down the food chain. But in reality, there are some really good reasons why certain terms are used as well as the nuances behind those words and what they mean. Good job, Tim, with nuances. Keep this in here. Uh, So first and foremost, I am a member of the List Council, have been for a few years. Um, We are the people that uh, decide what those terms are and what they mean. I'll kind of give you a rundown. Let me just first read off our sort of list council mission statement, what we are, how we've done it. In 1982, the list council's predecessor released to the industry the professional glossary of terms relating to cylinders, keys, and master keying. The Associated Locksmiths of America, ALOA, was the first to publish and distribute it. The definitions and terminology in this glossary have since been adopted by most of the manufacturers, publications, and associations uh, in the locksmith and security industry, and many manufacturers offer printed version as part of their factory training. In 1991, the List Council was asked by Aloha and others to complete what would amount to a dictionary for locksmiths. The professional locksmith dictionary is the fruit of that labor. And since then, we have continued to update, change, add, subtract terms as things, the industry, the world has dictated it. The List Council remains a volunteer organization composed of some of the brightest luminaries in the locksmith industry. And I I don't mean that to blow smoke up anybody's butt or make us seem more important than we are, but I'm talking about multiple past Aloha presidents. Uh, SAFTA president, uh, multiple, multiple Philadelphia award winners, uh, Aloha president awards member or uh, recipients, myself included, uh, Lee Rognan award. I mean, just every possible award you could win, we've got them all in spades. Uh, in addition to that, uh, authors, published authors, uh, Jerome Andrews, Fundamentals of Master King, Bill Link. Um, Joe Cordy wrote the book on GSA, literally. I mean, so it's not tooting our own horn to say luminaries, but we're some of the brightest minds in there. It's not, not, you know, it's not like me, Jeff and Tim got Jim Bob Cooter down the street and decided, hey, we're going to call the shots. We're going to make things up and and dictate it. No, these are all very, very good, very established, very rewarded locksmiths out there. So that's 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 kind of the crux behind who's dictating these terms is the list council. Uh, we still meet, we still meet multiple times. Uh, well, we've got a forum. We just discuss as our time allows it, but that's what we do. And, and like I said, we, we review terms, we change existing terms. We add new terms. We remove terms that no longer apply, or maybe that we didn't have, uh, I would say, well, meanings have changed and so it no longer applies and we remove them uh jeff you know a 
few good many of the people on list council. I guess you could agree with me that uh, we're we're pretty smart people. Yeah, I just want to know if you're going to destroy all your awards now. No, <laughs> no, no, God, no. That's pretty glass. Tim, have you ever heard of list council before? Well, let's 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 break this up into two ways. Before you and I met, have you have you heard of them when you were just a hobbyist, an enthusiast? No, actually, I uh, I never heard of them until I got my locksmith test exam study guide from the state, and pretty much their entire glossary of terms. They have a disclaimer in there. This was copied from the list council. Um, so that was the first time I ever heard the term. Honestly, I'm glad you explained that, like who the people are and how you all meet, because in my mind, I was thinking that it was like some sort of, uh, you know, like vampire council that meets, you know, in the dark and secret and just divines everything. But, you know, hearing all that is is really, really cool. Uh, for somebody who's still really young in the profession like I am. And I actually learned about it from before. Also, I guess sort of in Locke's port when I printed out the Corbin King manual and it has a whole section in there. It says, you know, this is from the list council. And I didn't really know what it was until meeting Tyler. And because you don't really see it in many places. You know, if you look at uh, some stuff like uh, hardware specs, you might see something where it references uh, you know, the DHI standards for keying, but nobody really sees that document. So unless you're an actual, like, you know, I know Breck was part of DHI, but unless you are in the architectural hardware, really not the aftermarket like us, but unless you're in the forefront of that market, you don't see that stuff. So, and that was sort of something I was going to talk about later, but, you know, I knew that it existed, but I didn't really know much about it. Tyler, I was going to ask you, um, and you may have sort of answered it earlier and I just wasn't paying attention, but does list like L I S T does that actually stand for anything? Is that an acronym or is that just a uh, arbitrary name? Tim, it stands for lock industry standards and training council list council. Okay, cool. And and um, then, and kind of to harken back what both of you have said, I, I should have mentioned too, uh, very transparent we are, uh, listcouncil.org, and multiple times a year, we will publish a uh, what we call a peer review, where we include either new definitions, definitions we've changed, definitions we're removing, whatever it may be. We provide a, a peer review for everyone, locksmiths, to take a look at and then tell us where we're wrong, where we're right. And then, believe it or not, that does weigh heavy because we have in the past year, when I say we, I'm not speaking on behalf of LIST. I'm just saying as a member of LIST, we've uh, we've revisited things. So it's not like it falls on deaf ears. We get emails often, uh, feedback, things like that. So um, if we get things wrong, we're the first people to address it. And we love we love to debate and discuss terminology and all that stuff. So you're not giving us any undue work. We we really love that stuff. So sometimes a uh, Tumblr isn't really a Tumblr anymore, right? No, but we do have a definition for that. I bet. What what is the definition of Tumblr? There are 189 references to Tumblr in our whole dictionary, in the whole list council professional locksmith dictionary. <laughs> 
So there, there's more than just three tumblers. Yeah, they got 189. Uh, but the actual definition of tumbler, it's a noun. It's a movable obstruction of varying size and configuration in a lock or cylinder, which makes direct contact with the key or another tumbler and prevents an incorrect key or torque device from activating the lock or other mechanism. That's an awesome definition. There's also tumbler nest, tumbler pack, tumbler post, tumbler separator, tumbler spring, tumbler wheel. Tumbler wheel with uh, that's in the context of uh, a dial mechanical dial safe. You are exactly right. Uh, the definition yep. for that is to see combination wheel. Awesome. <laughs> I, I did learn something from some safe classes. Um, no, I mean that's. I, I just want to say that's awesome. That you know, list council does review terms. Um, that was something that I honestly was wondering and just kind of putting the outline in here before you even really read it. Uh, but you know, that's awesome that they do review terms and update things as needed. Yeah, I'll kind of give you some inside baseball right now. One of the terms we are revisiting is a uh, cloner or a cloner key, what that means. Um, obviously technology when cloner, or I'm sorry, when, when transponders and the like first originated back in 84, 83 with a Corvette with VATS, um, it was defined. And then now you've got passive and active transponders and all that sort. Um, what was originally written, uh, times have changed so we need to update the definition so that it reflects it and accurately describes it so that that's kind of a very good example of how we continue to update things as times change because what a cloner meant in 1994 is different from well next year 2024 so we got to be on the top on top of things absolutely there's it's very nuanced but you know that yes and there's a lot of fluidity to it so I guess that that brings us to our next point, or at least my next point, which I've kind of hit on before, is that we're always searching to refine it and make things better than how it is. I mean, that that's what a dictionary is, right? It's a living, breathing document. Times change, terms change, new ones, old ones, remove them, blah, blah, blah. I mean, that's that's kind of how you have to keep on going. Otherwise, you get stagnant. We'd have no use. Yeah, but you don't buy a new dictionary at home every year. <laughs> No, and we don't charge for the List Council Dictionary. It's yeah. available, like I said, for free, listcouncil.org. Um, the other thing, too, that I would say is um, if you're training for a certification or licensing, almost all of those tests are derived, all the terminology is derived from List Council. So uh, I'm saying high security cylinder in a test or certification. Well, what they're anticipating, the classification or the definition of a high security cylinder, that comes from List Council or wafer tumbler or split spindle or anything like that i would i just wanted to say uh your point just a second ago about for testing and exams uh like i said earlier uh it, my entire license study guide for the state had you know a glossary and really focused on terms now from the time i received that guide to the time I actually took the test, which was the span of two years because of COVID and other things, uh, it, the test actually changed, but it still had a lot of 
terminology on there. So I would further that and say, if you're in a state that has licensing requirements that you have to take a state test for, definitely study those, you know, that terminology, uh, the list terminology, and also any diagrams that they include. Yeah. And on top of that, uh, since a lot of manufacturers train their reps, their technical, their salespeople and all of that, they're using the same language that you would be. So if I say, you know, uh, the lock style is two and a quarter inch or whatever it may be, um, you're talking about the same thing. You're not saying, hey, the that long part along the 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 length of the door that first part whatever that is blah 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 the the tumbler yeah you know, i mean and 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 we're going to talk more about that in the third half of this episode tim's telling me i need to wrap it up so i am jeff has a few things to say about translating customer into trade terminology stay tuned for more of the three tumblers Customers usually have an idea of what they want their end goal to be, but they don't know the proper terminology. That sure is the truth. After some time, we need to learn how to speak customer. But some locksmiths fall into the bad habit of only using customer terms. So learning to speak customer, I'm going to say that I've never really had anybody ask to master key their house. They, They generally say they want new locks or they want their locks changed, but what they really mean is they want the, them rekeyed. So if somebody says, I want my locks retumbled as much as I grimace, at least I know that that's what they need. When they come in and say, I need all new stuff, all new locks, and what they really need is rekeying, whether they just don't know that term or they are not aware that you can simply replace the guts, for lack of a better term, and that's typically how we would explain it to them. Um, you know, I think that's sort of education, you know, uh, people need to know, Hey, there's no reason to go out and buy all new hardware, unless you just don't like how it looks, we can save you a lot of money by making new keys work. And then they say, well, I don't have a key. I don't know. It doesn't matter. We can make it so that the current key no longer works. Okay. No problem. So that's customer education is important. You know, same thing when I'm trying to explain like uh, a shelf or a remote head key. Well, am I getting another key? No, we're putting the guts from one into another piece of plastic and cutting the key onto it. Oh, okay. You know, you tell them that you're repairing and replace, you're replacing the existing key. You are not getting an additional key. I mean, it, it, you have to simplify it in, in many cases. And sometimes it feels like you have to dumb it down. But, you know, uh, most people don't know these things. And it, it does test your patience at times because you're dealing with many people during the day who don't know what they need. or, or And the more questions you ask to get the information that you need to do their job, they get frustrated when, you know, when they're calling in. They just say, I need somebody to come out and and look at my locks. Well, what's the problem? Well, I don't know. That's why I'm calling you. Well, okay, but what's the issue? And then you get what the problem is. And well, what kind of key is it? Well, I don't know. I don't have one here. I got to go talk to Bob and he's on, he's on lunch break and we'll call you back. 
And then eventually you get the info and, and you're able to do what you need. Tim, I know you deal with that. Tyler, probably not as much because it seems like your customers know exactly what they want or you make them fill out the forms so that if they don't ask for the right thing. Yeah. I mean, I, I will give you a perfect example. It was yesterday or day before I was in the shop all morning. Um, and because I had to pin a bunch of cores for a, another customer. Anyway, uh, during the course of that, whenever you're in the shop, when there's just two of you working in the shop, then and you're both trying to work on a job, one of you answers the phones. So I answered the phone. Uh, the uh, caller, he said, hey, I need a new lock for my business. And it was through the process of questioning and using terminology and my knowledge of the definitions of terminology and also some stuff we're going to talk about in a future episode about dispatching and call taking that I was able to determine he just needed a rekey. He had just bought a new office suite and wanted to make sure that nobody had keys to the front door. He was completely ignorant in the terminology or, or what was needed for it. And I explained it to him that, like you said, Jeff, basically we change out the guts of the lock cylinder that's there and it's going to save him hundreds of dollars on, you know, to, to make sure nobody else has keys for it. And at the end of the conversation, you know, he said, well, I really appreciate that. And, and I told him, I said, look, I understand that you're calling around for prices from different locksmiths. I said, here's something that will, based on the questions that I asked you, because it, it took literally 20 questions to get out of him that he needed a rekey. And I said, look, whenever you call other locksmiths to get a, a price estimate on it, I said, tell them that you need a single cylinder rekey for your commercial business on a storefront door. And he was like, wow, thank you so much. And I said, if you, you know, I gave him our number, you know, ballpark price. And I said, if it sounds like you want us to do the work, I said, give us a call back. But otherwise, that knowledge of that terminology will help save you time and also allow you to not be taken advantage of by any scammer smiths that are out there. Yeah. And, and. Uh, to the next point is using customer terms with other professionals. You know, when I'm dealing with a door hardware company, they use a different, th their stuff is not all, you know, they don't really understand keying. So sometimes even though they are in the trade, uh, sometimes you have to make things, you know, you have to make it a little bit simpler. Um, you know, I don't understand calling out, you know, hinge locations and, door you know if they say a 3070 hdhf blah 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 door frame i don't know what that means but i know that you know six locks kdmk with two keys each you know they're going to say well you know i need these this many locks and this uh, you know i i would say that when i'm talking to suppliers and stuff like they get the terminology because most of them have been in the business so yeah i, I guess the point I don't really use customer terms when I'm communicating with other industry professionals because they understand. I'm not going to tell another locksmith, yeah, 
Yeah, hey, uh, you have those two locks on the bench. Yeah, go retumble them. Like we would only say that as a joke. So I, I, I guess I, I didn't make this point, so I'm not really sure what you're getting at. I think there's a uh, writer strike going on now. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll just need to make this writer strike for this episode. Anyway, uh, no, I mean, kind of what I think is, I've gone to association meetings and you know other events, and I've heard other locksmiths referred to a handle when it's actually a grade one lever set. Um, And we're going to talk more about that in in my block coming up. But I think where, where it really comes in play is knowing the customer terms. When a customer says, Hey, this handle looking at what they're describing as a handle and saying, no, that's a grade one lever. Uh, but being able to translate that customer speak into industry speak, I guess, would be a, kind of a better point. Yeah. And I, I guess to that degree, it's like you're used to talking to customers all day with the terms being dumbed down for lack of a better, you know, uh, you know, if I call them, if I call this, well, I just need some regular locks, you know, they would get it. Oh, it's a joke. But, you know, I need a, a grade one, whatever, like you said, I it, it's I don't know when when you deal with a lot of residential, a lot of commercial maintenance people that don't understand what we really do, you know, you know, I need one of those things that goes around the door to, you know, yeah, I call it a wrap. Yes, it's called a wraparound or a door reinforcer, but it's easier to just say, oh yeah, you need a door sleeve. Have a good day. You don't, they don't care that it's, you know, a Don Joe 4S 2CW inter whatever, you know, they don't care. They don't, you know, if you can figure out what they need, then I would say it's good enough. Yeah. I I literally had a call in end of the day job yesterday uh, that was to replace a regular push button lock on the back door of a kitchen to a restaurant. Mm-hmm. I'm just wondering how many uh, calls Tyler gets a day for people asking for regular keys. Not very, because we, we most of us is repeat business, repeat referral. So uh, I train them very well. Actually, we, we've got pamphlets that we hand out or PDFs that we send by email. Anytime we see property managers or chief engineers changing jobs, explaining every single detail, five page manual. Here you go. Read it. Could you send that to me? I'd like to see it. No, you're not my customer. Actually, I'm one of your best customers. You just don't you just don't charge me. Yeah, uh, if you send me an email tomorrow or text message tomorrow, I will send you a copy of what we've got. Okay, that'd be cool to see. Just actually, we've got uh, we've got a twenty page document we send to our biggest customer anytime they get a new property manager across you know nine states that we do work with them now. I mean, it breaks down every single and, damn thing. And you've never gotten into any arguments with customers over those procedures, I'm sure. Hell no, they love it. They love. I it. don't know. No, there were the guesswork. I don't know. I saw a couple of emails where they uh, didn't like it. Oh, well, yeah. Well, they weren't following it, but everybody else that follows it, 99.999%, they fucking love it. I can't wait for that uh, dispatch episode, though, man. My, I got my brain churning. I did that for two, three years straight. I, I That was my bread and butter, baby. My work number was 911 for 10 years. So, yeah, I'm ready for it. <laughs> 
All right, well, up next, can you actually lose money because of the words you speak? Keep listening, and Tim will tell you in the third half of our show. The only time you should professionally use the term doohickey is when you are talking with friends in the trade. If you are truly a professional, though, you should stick to the correct words. Using universal terminology can really help your jobs go smoother. Like when you order parts, do you ever request cores and then get something you can't use at all? Do you locksmith something to make it work? Or tell your customer that you got sent the wrong parts and they have to wait for the right ones to come in? Delays like that can, will, and do affect your bottom dollar. You know, being able to describe functions and finishes and cylinder types, cams, and everything else on the the opening, the device, the hardware, the trim, knowing what the difference is between the device, the hardware, and the trim is, uh, that'll help save you a lot of time. Because even though it's really, really great when you can get a... uh, a part number for an existing part and send that in to your your distributor rep or your manufacturer rep and say, hey, I need something, you know, one of these. Uh, when you have the part number, yeah, that makes it really easy. But what happens when you don't have the part number? I mean, what happens when you can't describe the the cam on the back of a cylinder or the function of exit device trim? Is it storeroom? Is it classroom? Is it night latch? Is it passage? You know, what is it? You have to be able to describe these terms to other industry professionals. And if you can't, then you're going to wind up with somebody on the other end of the phone trying to figure out what it is you're trying to tell them. And they take that to the best of their knowledge and send you maybe literally what you ask for. So don't ask for a handle for an exit device. Uh, Chef, when, you know, you you do a lot of, uh, I guess, a lot more dealing with hardware and and you're around that a lot more than Tyler is these days as far as, you know, trim for exit devices and stuff. I know Tyler's done it before, but how important is it to you if you're doing ordering you know, for cylinders and cams and and functions for stuff and whatnot. Uh, how important is it to you to know what it is is needed out there? I mean, it's the most important. <laughs> I can't if I don't have all the right information. I can't order the right part, and the boss gets mad. If one of the road tech say say a new guy uh, goes out there and says, "Hey, is." Is the kind of lock where I turn the key 180 degrees and then I turn it back to the pull-out point and pull the key out and it's locked. And then I put the key in there and I turn it 180 degrees the other direction and then back. They would usually know better because most of them have been doing this longer than I have. So that usually doesn't happen. Well, yeah, but if you had a new guy who said that. Yeah. I mean, you're going to start to think, okay, that's a classroom function, but it's not timed correctly. Especially like for exit device trim or something like that. Um, Yeah, most likely. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, knowing the terminology 
and and knowing how it should operate you know classroom function you should turn 360 not 180 i've made that mistake more than once that's how i know that but yeah tyler what like uh like as far as hardware schedules i know you mentioned it uh in the last block but um you know hardware functions and and whatnot you have to be able to define that or or uh disseminate that to other locksmiths in your situation uh what happens when you tell a locksmith that they need you know an entry exit or an, an entry office function as opposed to you know a, a classroom function or something and they just don't understand i refer them to the manufacturer literature because i i only <laughs> use i only use their literature uh, especially when you get into some of these functions that hasn't been decided uh, de- um, what's the word i'm trying to think of designated by ANSI that don't have that f whatever code to it mm. um yeah i i will use, but god that's so rare so rare yeah. but but um well, that's a good thing that is rare that a logsmith doesn't know a function, right? Yeah, because, I mean, it's not, they don't all have the same. They've got most of the same, and there's some oddballs in there, especially now with this, you know, with, with schools and active shooters and classroom intruder, and uh, you know, and they're still debating the life safety merits and applications and whether or not it's legal or not, but they've got their own definitions and own names. Um, all you can do is just relay what the manufacturer literature says. You know, they've got three, four, five bullet points explaining how something functions. I mean, that's all you can do is just relay what they say. Yeah. I would say you would think it would be the same for all manufacturers, especially because they're basically all owned by two or three of the same companies, but there are variations between functions and product lines and well, that's what I was just getting ready to say is, uh, you know, Schlage, their uh, classroom, uh, what is it, classroom safety or classroom security function, which is where you have the, the key cylinder on the exterior and interior so that the teacher doesn't have to open the door, spin the cylinder 360, pull the key out, and then shut the door right. to secure the classroom. Um, you know, that should be a... a there should be an industry-wide standardized name for that function. Yeah. And something that we'll get into when we do our, our dispatch episode, uh, cause I can go for days on that. I was a classroom instructor for nine one one. Um, but if you go back to, to September 11th, 2001 and the nine 11 commission report that came out of that, uh, one of the biggest failures of the system was terminology, you know, radio terminology, radio codes. And that's why, you know, there were a number of, of fatalities and injuries related directly to the fact that codes between one side of the radio and the other side of the radio were had complete opposite meanings. And so going back to the A block with Tyler, with the list council, you know, I would hope that all manufacturers, distributors, and locksmiths all familiarize themselves with standardized definitions. That way we are all literally singing off the same sheet of music. 
Um, right. There was almost no interoperability, and that was a big problem. Well, well, to bring uh, that's an excellent point because we actually, uh, Bill Link's the chairman of it. Uh, John Hubel, I would call kind of second in command because he does the second most, but his primary function is to be PR. Uh, he's working to ensure that manufacturers are still following it and everything's still being uh, recognized that way, doing a great job at it too. Um, but we're trying to stay first and foremost, not resting on our laurels that, um, you know, you just assume it's been that way for 30, 40 years at this point. Uh, no, it, it's the job's never done. So he's reaching out and talking to the manufacturers and saying, you know, list's still here. Uh, here's the latest copy for 2023. So, I mean, not to equate locksmith terminology to 9-11 and all that stuff, but we're we're still staying, or at least a list is staying uh, very active uh, to stay relevant with all these manufacturers saying, hey, here are changes. Here's what's new. Um, update accordingly. Well, that's, that's great because that actually takes me to my next point, which is if locksmiths, manufacturers, and distributors are not all always speaking the same language, you could wind up with a part that doesn't work for the job that you have at hand. Uh, if you can't, like I said a minute ago, if you can't accurately describe a classroom function versus storeroom versus night ledge versus, you know, passage, whatever, uh, then you're going to wind up with parts in your hands from your your distributor and you're not going to be able to use it on the job or you just say oh yeah i ordered this part from from this place i got it let me call the customer i'm going to drive 20 minutes away to the customer i'm going to take their existing hardware off i'm going to pull this new hardware out of the box and that's when you have the moment of you know this is not what I had in mind. This isn't how I wanted it to function. This is definitely not how the customer wanted it to function. So now you've got to put all the old hardware back on there, if it's possible. Uh, and then you have to tell the customer, hey, you're going to have to wait for a while. Um, all right. So, Tyler, what do you think? Uh, is there a direct correlation between knowing the a proper terminology for the parts you need for a job and being able to complete that job successfully, like without return trips or telling your customer they're going to have to wait longer because you got something that doesn't function the way you want it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm guilty of, um, uh, I can turn what most people would use a single sentence for. I will use multiple paragraphs for Number one, cover your ass, CYA, making sure that I inform the customer of every single possible detail to make sure that they understood from the onset what I was trying to accomplish or what we were both trying to accomplish together. But number two, it also, uh, as painful as it is and, you know, trying to drill, here comes Jeff, drill on the nuances of it, making sure that everything's accounted for. But at the end of the day, you can still, you know, as involved as it may be, wordage, verbiage, all that. Um, yeah, you can save yourself a lot of, of return trips and headaches. Almost never. Hey, I will, I will 
rest my laurels on this almost never have return trips unless it's yeah. you know something as far as uh uh equipment failure or installation error but it's never especially 205 subcontractors we use right now almost never as never results of me tyler saying oh i know what they want and assuming and then they're like this is nothing what we wanted so yeah. I, I mean i I, yeah. I will beat it to death drill it down like i said paragraph paragraph this is what it does is is this gonna fit so yeah and I've ordered the wrong car key on more than one occasion. And most of the time it doesn't pay to send it back, but it's frustrating because I don't want to waste money. And then it, then you waste time because you're looking it up twice. Um, but sometimes the customer gives you the wrong information or they ask for the wrong function or they change their mind at the last minute on the color or. You know who else does a good job of that? If I don't know if either of you are customers of security lock. Yes. It, if you order something through them, for example, I want a CL3381 Corbin Russman lever set. If I select 625s uh, bright chrome as opposed to 626 satin chrome, they will send me an alert before I even add it to my cart and say, are you sure? Yeah. This is, are you sure this is the finish? This is not the popular finish. Are you sure? So it, it's neat to see distributors getting into that mindset of saying, hey, double check. Are you sure this is what you want? I'd like to see that from a couple I'm other distributors. Try that right now. Yeah, add, add anything, uh, mortise cylinder, lever set, whatever, add it 625. And it'll be like, are you sure? Because 626 is the most popular. Right. I have no, I've noticed that before. It says available. See, add to cart. This finish is polished, bright, not the more common satin finish. Add to cart question mark. <laughs> that's awesome. Isn't it? They, they that's, look, isn't it? That's, that's very cool. I'm Actually, sure. I've I've never seen that, but um, yeah. I mean, that's, that's awesome that they're stepping up to do that. And I really wish a couple other mainline distributors would do that. And I will suggest that to them. Another thing, too, with... Um, Seclock that they're very good at. If you order a product that is handed, like a Simplex 1000 LLLR, their pictures uh, of the product description, their pictures for that entry show a left-handed or a right-handed. So yes, you, they do. You, you are seeing exactly what you are getting, which removes a lot of guesswork. Because I, not, I order, I don't know, 10, 15, 20 a, a month of Simplexes. Um, but somebody may only order once or twice a year and not know that second digit means left-handed, right-handed, whatever it may be, kind of kind of saves them. And I'm sure it saves SecLock the added manpower, woman power of RMA requests and all of that. All right. So, yeah, I mean, I think just to generally sum it up, though, it, no matter who you're ordering through, uh, no matter what, part it is if you know your definitions of function and finish and, and you know keyways and and some other more general you know descriptions but you keep it within the industry standards i think that uh your ordering will go a lot smoother and when you get on the job itself you won't find yourself in the situation of holding some parts that you've gone through the trouble of getting and they just don't fit on the door 
they don't work right. The lever goes in the wrong direction and you can't change it in the field. So. Yeah. And I, I will just say as, you know, man to man to other people out there, man to woman or whatever it may be. Uh, if you fuck up, admit it. Yep. Don't, don't, don't bullshit the customer. Oh, I, I ordered it wrong. I do it all the time. I fuck up all the time. Uh, it's just part of life, but yeah. Uh, yeah. The, and I mean, it, you know, don't, I would, don't shift the blame off to somebody else. You, you fucked up. Deal, deal with it. All right. Stay tuned for more of the three tumblers. Okay, so we've talked about some serious stuff with some serious answers, but I was thinking that we could have some fun questions with serious answers. I'm going to ask you guys three questions and just want you to answer truthfully and quickly because, honestly, answers given quickly are usually the most honest. For those of you playing along at home, Tyler and Jeff have no clue about this block of the show and certainly don't know the questions. All right, are you guys ready? I think so. Yeah. All right, question number one. If you could only pick between Quickset and Yale residential hardware for your house, which would it be? Tyler. Yale, next touch. Jeff. Quickset because it's tried and true and it's what's on there now. Yeah, I would choose uh, oak two by fours and six inch lag screws. That wasn't one of the choices. I know, I make the rules for this block. Uh, Question number two. Would you rather a customer A have done a lot of research and read reviews before coming into the shop to buy something or B not know a damn thing about anything, but be able to describe their problem? Jeff. I think it would be easier if they've done a bunch of research and and figured out what they want. And then we can say, yes, we have it or no, we don't. Okay, Tyler. We're going to disagree again because I'm going with B, baby. You're you're going with B. You would rather have a customer who didn't know a damn thing about anything. That is correct. I think I'm going to agree with you on this one. I will answer B as well. All right. Question number three. Would you rather have a co-worker who is a loud, obnoxious, and occasionally rude, but knows their shit, or B is very personable, gets along with everyone, shows up on time, but can barely tell the difference between a quick set key and a Medico key blank after six months on the job. Tyler. A, because those are the people I hire (laughs) and work with. Jeff. I'm going to be different and say B. I'm going to say B as well, Jeff. I'll agree with you there. So I think we have what is called a tie because well, I didn't and I, can I say because I think you can train that person where if somebody's an asshole they already know everything you're not gonna it's not gonna make it any different if they're still new and they're nice and they get along well with the customers you can teach them what they need to know I'll I'll buy that you, uh, yeah no stop yeah. it stop it he's asking it's a yes or no question a or b you can't qualify this shit you gotta take it as it is <laughs> If you like this and want more, tell us in an email and Twitter. Tyler will remind you how to in just a minute. Now for Spare Parts with Jeff. Y'all have any screws in your pockets? I found a key blanket in one of my shirt pockets today. Tyler and I have quarter 20s, and Tim probably has some metric torques bullshit because he uses European spelling on everything. Tyler, what's your spare part? 
Uh, it's it's finally going to be 80 degrees in Georgia next week, which I love because I'm starting my gardens. It's been cold. It's been windy. It's been wet. Happy for summer to be here. Timothy? Here, here to Tyler's spare part. I can't wait for it to be warm weather. Uh, but a bald eagle's paternal instincts. We're in the spotlight this spring. Murphy, a 31-year-old bald eagle living at the World Bird Sanctuary in Valley Park, Missouri, became a media sensation because he has been at the sanctuary since the 1990s and can't fly because of a wing injury, adopted a baby pet rock. He nursed this rock and just sat on it and incubated it and took care of it. And then recently, there was an orphaned bald eagle chick who came in to the rescue and they put him with Murphy and Murphy basically took over uh, that chick as a foster parent and both are doing quite well. Would have, would have been funny if that rock hatched. And my spare part, I just read on Facebook that uh, Jenny Craig is going out of business, so I guess Weight Watchers uh, got one over on him. I have nothing to add because I've, I've always been real thin. So. Yeah, we know. Yeah. Yeah, baby. Yes. All yes. right. Well, well, Tyler, I think it's about that time. As always, if you have any hate mail, love letters, or questions for us, write them on the back of a $20 bill and email it to the3tumblerspod at gmail.com or tag us on Twitter at the number three tumblerspod. I'm your executive producer, Tyler J. Thomas. The technical producer of the three tumblers is Jeff. Hey, Jeff. Bringing it back. Moss. Writer and editor is Handsome Tin Coleman. Our defense department coordinator is Major Error. Our fact checker is Ella Fino. And our chief legal counsel is Hugh Lewis Dewey of Dewey, Cheatham, and Howe, otherwise known around the greater Cleveland area as Huey Louie Dewey. Matt Al Borland. Clean and lube. It's tool time. This has been a Three Tumblers production, season one, copyright 2023, all rights reserved. Find this episode and others where you get your podcasts. To some folks, it may seem like... <laughs> You're missing a word there, by the way. I, what? They seem like they're just. Oh, God. I'll edit this out. I know. <laughs>